All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's Daily DVR. My name is Axel. I'm here with Andy. We're going to be talking some Black Mirror, some Strange New Worlds, and a bunch of other TV shows we've been watching. You can check us out at DVRpodcast.com. You can also go over to Patreon and become a patron. Help uh, chip in for a better Zoom for Axel, which I'll be getting very, very soon. Now that we're now that we're settled in the new in the new spot, the the new recording studio, as people like to call the room they record a podcast in, where um, the magic happens. Yeah, where the where the magic tries to happen. <laughs> we are incantations uh, of uh, of podcastum. But uh, yeah, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash DVR. Andy, how you doing? You're out there in Florida, you said. Yes, I'm uh, soaking in the sun right now, and it's extremely hot, but uh, got to swim in the ocean last night, so that was that's always kind of cool, and been able to watch a lot of TV since I've had a few days off, so I'm excited to talk some uh, some TV. Awesome, baby. Yeah, well, I just did a pod with, with Solo. And we were talking um, a whole bunch of stuff, but mainly Silo, which you and I talked about. So very quickly, I want to start and surprise you. How are you feeling? We talked about Silo, I think, two weeks ago. Yeah, it was right after. I think it was after the second or third episode, maybe. Okay. How are you? Somewhere in there. Now we're, we're up to what? Episode seven, I believe. Yeah, I think there's two or three left, I think. Okay. How are you feeling about Silo at this point? I'm still really liking it. I mean, some of the things that are happening, I, I, it's not as unpredictable as it was right away, but I'm still really enjoying it. I love the world itself, the world they built, the acting. I just, I'm, I'm still all in on it for sure. Cool, man. Yeah, that's the way. I haven't listened to you, what you guys have talked about yesterday. I'm excited to listen to that. I haven't, uh, I haven't had time to listen to that yet. I've been too busy watching and swimming. <laughs> I think, uh, I think what you said is exactly what I said and close to what solo said which is it started off so quick like oh my god we're gonna figure out all the secrets and then we got to settle into the characters and the world and and then it kind of took a couple steps back from that but Mm -hmm. uh, you know they're 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 parsing it out right so this is based on a book um which which uh, solo was hoping that bubba stops reading books so we don't get compared <laughs> to book in the po- and the tv show <laughs> yep i should have named the podcast stop reading bubba um maybe i'll go back and do that i'll just change it um that would be perfect then he'll for sure listen then yes definitely then he'll stop reading any but then he can't read what i wrote because I'm telling him to stop reading. But I guess that'd be the first thing he read. He wouldn't have yeah. to then further yeah. not well, read. As long as he reads that part, then exactly. it's fine. That'd be just the last thing he ever reads is me, is the podcast name. <laughs> um, but yeah, we felt much the same, but still digging it, loving the world. And I was just really kind of complimenting uh, the production design, the lighting. I, yeah, I just think that's- it looks great. That's my favorite part is just the living in the world itself is yep. just a, it's a cool world. I mean, I'm, I'm always a sucker for post-apocalyptic and cyberpunky kind of thing. So I'm complete and I'm always going to, it's definitely high quality. It may not be perfect, but it's, I'm going to support any high quality sci-fi that's being made. So for sure, watch it. And my, even if my one number is enough to tilt the scale for Apple to renew it, I'm fine, which I already did. So, yeah, that's true. We forgot to mention that, that silo is already renewed. 
go silo, baby. But we're not here to talk about silo. We're going to talk about a little, a uh, little different um, sci-fi show, which is probably just as bleak. Uh, this one more purposefully. So it's black mirror on Netflix. We're in season six. If you can believe it in black of black mirror, the original episode, cause I, I believe the first episode is the national anthem, right? And that is to yep. me after all these years. And you tell me if you agree with me, I still feel like that episode still represents this series the best. And it was the first episode. You, you might be right. I, and you know, I actually have a confession to make. I haven't seen every episode of black mirror. Okay. I've seen most of them. But I've kind of like when you posted about the other day about reading it or uh, watching it, you're like, I, I skipped around to the the like the Aaron Paul episode and some of these other ones that are getting a lot more press. And honestly, that's kind of what this is the might be the first season I've watched every episode mm-hmm. because that's kind of what I've always done is I've skipped around it or I've started one for a few minutes. And I'm like, eh, not not real crazy about this. And then I went to watch a different one. So I've, I mean, kind of like like show like the Twilight Zone, a show that it's obviously takes a lot of inspiration from. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever seen every episode of that either, but I I definitely, I mean, I watched the highlights, or not the highlights, that's not the right way to say it, but I, I do this, I watched every episode of this season, but it's I haven't always, so I, I do think it is kind of representative, though, still of, of everything I've seen anyways, that, that pilot episode. Yeah, I did not, there's two episodes that I did not watch the whole thing of. And one of them is the Miley Cyrus episode, which I just didn't watch it because Miley Cyrus is in it and I'm old and I, and I'm not interested in watching Miley Cyrus look like her big teeth are going to bite me or eat me or something. She's like, ha, Miley Cyrus. Um, that was my Miley Cyrus impersonation. And, you know, I, th- I did watch that one. I remember okay. thinking it was actually much better than I thought okay, it was going to be, but I don't. Maybe I'll go back and but watch it. But at the same time, I don't remember anything about it. I know okay. I've watched it, but I'm like, God, what? And I, I seem to remember liking it, but I just, I cannot remember. I cannot remember. And I have that feeling about a lot of Black Mirror stuff where I don't, a lot of them, I don't really, it doesn't really stick with me the way that I think it should. So I don't know if that's a mm. comment on, on, the, on the series itself or not, but we can talk a little bit more about that maybe while we're talking about this season. Yes. I think that's a good point. I like that Andy. So yeah, I didn't want, and there's, I think there's another one in there that I may have just missed because I was jumping around and maybe I'll go back and watch it at some point. But like you said, it's also, I mean, the first episode, okay. Came out in 2011, 2011. So this show has been on for 12 years off and on season one was kind of do that. uh, They kind of do that curb your enthusiasm schedule. Whenever the guy's ready to produce something, they make it. Yeah. So it was 2011, 2013, 2016, 2000, then a quick one, 2017, then 2019, and then this season, but there is Bandersnatch, which came out, yeah, the, I think, that interactive movie. Yeah. yeah, I think that was 2020, 2021. So it is. I, I want to say that was early on pandemic or right before the pandemic, yeah. I think, when that came out, because I think we were talking about it then. 
So that so that's not bad, you know, a year, like two to three years between each season. But you know, you take up twelve years, you you kind of do forget some of the episodes because it's it's yeah. you know it's few and far between. Um, but let's talk about this this season. First episode, I think, is getting a lot of press because of the kind of mirror it has to the writer's strike and what's going on with AI is, and we're going to talk spoilers, by the way, for these episodes, people. So if you haven't seen them, jump ahead. We're pretty much going to go in order. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe we should not, not spoil everything since people are still kind of jumping around, but you know. Well, I Talking we'll, broad strokes. Yeah, we'll make that decision as we chat if it's totally necessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But Joan is Awful, where this kind of regular office lady whose task seems to be to fire people finds out that Streamberry, which is something that's continued through, I think, three of the episodes in this season, which yeah, is at least. At least two of them for sure. Yeah. I don't remember if there's more than that, but yeah. I think which is basically Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it's Netflix. And it looks exactly like Netflix too. They don't even even the, the sound is the Netflix yeah, the, sound. The da dum, yeah. Da-dum. Same the same yep. Yeah. She finds out that she uh there's that Netflix she just sits down to watch TV with her boyfriend and there's a show called Joan is Awful, and her name is Joan, and it's Salma Hayek, but she has her the same hair that Joan has. And she quickly discovers that they're making a TV show of her life. You find out it's like AI-driven algorithms. She signed away her rights when she, you know, signed the uh, terms and agreement to get the to start her subs- subscription. Um, and then it goes from there, and Salma Hayek becomes more involved in it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was cute. It actually doesn't. It actually kind of has a happy ending, right? And yeah, it, it, to me, it felt almost like a comedy a lot of the time. I yeah. was laughing out loud at quite a few moments, which I wasn't expecting in this episode. So, I mean, and I actually, like I said, fun. I enjoyed it a lot. And mainly, a lot of that's the cast. I love Annie Murphy. I was a huge fan of her in Schitt's Creek. I love Selma Hayek. And there's a, somebody else that shows up late that I also like that I was surprised. I'm like, whoa, this person is in this yes, show. Yeah, that was fun. I thought, I thought that person was really funny. So and I, I enjoyed it more than I thought it was like a lot of these episodes this season. I think they don't always feel like what Black Mirror normally is. And I'm not sure if that – I don't know. I'm not necessarily saying that's bad, but there's this one definitely had more comedy than a lot of the, most of the other ones that I remember. So Yeah. I think – I mean – I think that this is a one of one of if not the best season of the series not because it has the best episodes of the series but just because I think the quality level um and the um they this show always tries to go for it but it doesn't always go for it like push it all the way and I feel like mm-hmm. they push through in almost every one of these episodes, it pushes farther than you thought it would go, including Joan is awful. I thought it was funny, but then it did have <laughs> at a certain yeah. point, you do start to feel kind of like, Oh, it does get you thinking a little bit. Like I signed the terms and agreement. My phone is listening yep. to me. Um, yep. you know, 
everybody wants to be a brand. Everybody's on YouTube. This is real. But unlike you're saying some of the earlier episodes, she doesn't end up fucking a pig. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So this, this episode doesn't go to those kind of places. It's it's, not as dark this episode, but overall I thought it was a good start. Um, Mm -hmm. and it it moved quick. They're all a solid hour, if not longer, right? Like I think this one, um, Maisie, Maisie day episode four is shorter. That's only like 40 or 45 minutes. Okay. but, But, um, I'll be honest too with this episode. Part of the reason I kept going because I always like one of the reasons with Black Mirror, I don't always see anything. I'm like, I'll dip in and see if, and I, this episode caught me. I'm like, you know what? That was fun. I'm going to keep going. And then, then wait, I mean, the next episode happens and then I was all in for the rest of the season. Yes. So, all right, we'll get to the next episode, which is Locke Henry, a young couple travel to a sleepy Scottish town to start work on a genteel nature documentary about people who steal bird eggs but instead find themselves drawn into a juicy local murder involving shocking events of the past. Now, I don't want to give any of this one away when we talk about it, because this was my favorite episode of the bunch. I thought that this was fantastic. Uh, I I don't even know (laughs) now that we're kind of like not doing full spoiler. I'm kind of like, I don't want to give too much away, but basically, I think, I think what you can say without, without spoiling it too much. I think what you can say is it kind of comments on the like true crime drama, TV shows and podcasts and that kind of, it kind of touches on the, the fascination with that and, and what, what it can lead to or what it's about. I mean, and that's, Without spoiling too much, because I mean, you kind of know that right away that that's kind of what this is going to, it's a mystery kind of a thing. So I also loved this episode. It was, I mean, I thought it was more, way more horror than a lot of Black Mirror, but I don't also don't think that was bad. I really thought this was a strong episode of TV. I, you know what, man, we got to talk spoilers on this episode. Just listen to this after you watch this, watch Black Mirror, people. I got to talk about it. That's why we're on a podcast. I'm diving in. Three, two, one. Spoilers. Okay. This fucking episode, when it starts out, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you can tell right away that there there's uh, the girlfriend and the boyfriend. So it's uh, Sam and, oh, no, their name. Wait, that's the actors. I'm trying to figure out yeah, how, how Davis, IMDB works. Davis, and, Davis Pia. and Pia. Right. Yep. So you can tell that Pia is going to push it. As soon as she meets his mom, she's saying the wrong thing, right? Like she feels obviously already she feels out of place. She's a black girl in the middle of the fucking uh, super white English countryside, right? Uh So she she looks different. She looks like she's got her eyebrows shaved. She's got like some color in the hair, right? She's obviously kind of like a city person out there in the middle of the country feeling different. She kind of starts stumbling around. So I think to myself, that's what this, that's what this is really going to be about. Um, A kind of just like how making this transplanted person. Yeah. yeah, Making something in a place where you're an outsider kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then we, when we meet um, Stuart, his friend played by Daniel Portman, who I was like, where have I seen this guy before? And then I realized it's Podrick. 
Oh, oh, God. Uh, how did I not pick up on that? Of course it was. I remember loving him in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot I, that was him. I, wow. I could, yeah. I was reminded, too. I was like, holy shit. It is. It's Padre. He was great. He was great in this episode. He was fantastic. He really brought the episode home. The His energy, because they are kind of, you know, you feel like she doesn't. She keeps on saying wrong shit to the mom. He's a kind of, he just looks kind of nerdy, right? And, and, well, and you know, the thing with, uh, with the friend, the, that's what kind of what teed me off right away that this was not going where I thought it was going to, because I thought we was going to have a bunch of racism or whatever, that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and he was like totally accepting of her yeah. right away. And I'm like, huh, this is going, this has got to be going somewhere that I'm not thinking of. So I, I, I was, I was, this one was unpredictable until it wasn't. I thought, yeah. it, I still love the episode. You're exactly right, Andy. Cause there's a line when they meeting at the bar and then at the end of the conversation, she, he said, uh, Davis says something like my movie or right. And then she's like, oh, well, I thought it was, I thought it was my movie. And then he says something like, well, that'd be better for selling it with diversity and all. And she go, she kind of looks at him like, you're right. <laughs> right? Like he, they kind of get each right. Like she gets where he's coming from that. He's just yep. trying to kind of bring it up, break the ice. You know what I'm saying? Recognize. And then they kind of, yep. and they, they really more so connect about wanting to make, wanting to change it from the nature doc into the whole murder mystery and the killing of the couple, the honeymoon couple and all these other people and the way it develops, man, I just never saw it coming. The end. I never saw it coming. You know, there was, I, I didn't, I obviously didn't see the very end coming, but I knew somehow I mean, we're doing full spoilers. So what the hell the, uh, when the mom said something to the effect of, I haven't been on camera since your father was around or whatever, she says something to that effect. And I'm like, Oh, something is going on with her. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't understand what it was going to be obviously, but I, 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 that was my first suspicion that something clued me in that something was yeah. messed up and she was somehow involved. But yeah, the, and where it goes, it was, it was awesome. I was really, I was into every second of that one. Yeah. I just love that episode because the, kind of the central theme that's developed too is that Davis really just wanted to make a not nature documentary. He doesn't want to exploit the story that does kind of tangentially involve his dad. Right. Yep. And then, so they're, Oh, they're good. And like you're saying, it kind of brings into the discussion, like the murder mystery podcasts and true crime docs on Netflix that everybody watches and all that kind of shit. How yeah, Cause they even talk, they even talk at one point about selling it to Streamberry. I mean, isn't that, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, this is the second Streamberry reference in the show. I remember. Yep. And, and where it ends up. And I love how they yeah. go all the way through that to like getting the BAFTA. They're in the bar yeah. watching. Like it just keeps uh -huh. on going. It doesn't just end when I thought it might end when the, cause especially on these, I try not to pause and I don't want to know how much time is left. Yep, so I really sure. am surprised at what's going to happen. So when it just yep. kept on going like that and you see the way he gets sucked into it and he becomes in the movie, if, if I, if I perceived it correctly and I, I, this is something I want to ask you, 
he did not end up directing the movie. Someone else did. Yeah. Right. He became yeah, he, the he subject. He didn't really. Yep. He didn't really have much to do with it. Is that was the that was the impression I got from it. Right. Like maybe he was he with the got, production. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe he was like a producer, some executive producer, because he's bringing all of the tapes and everything yep. to them. But it seems like yeah. someone else actually made it. Yeah, so like his his family basically got exploited, and he didn't get reap any of the benefits from yeah. it. it. Was kind of the it was kind of the, I mean, not that the family shouldn't have been exploited and exposed for what they did, but yeah, it's that was kind of my thing. Is that he didn't really get what he wanted in either. So, because that's interesting to me, right? Because when you watch these true crime shows, and so often now the director gets involved. You hear their voice, you see them, yep. right? Like yeah. you see they them. become part of it. Yeah. They become part of it because they're, it, it lets us know that like, Oh, things were happening while they were making this right. It, this isn't yep. some staid old historical document. This is something that's alive and being created mm-hmm. as we watch it. Ooh, we're, we're, we get to be a part of it. So having, the ones that are actually made by the people they're about, you tend to feel like I'm only seeing this one perspective, right? Like as yep. though another person making it is going to show you all when it, in fact, you probably, you get just as limited perspective. Um, so it was interesting to me that that was something that they didn't hit you over the head with. But it was pretty obvious that the, there was a woman who was talking and she was accepting the award. And then she's like, we couldn't do it without Davis. Yeah. And he was kind of standing off to yeah. the background and not really. Yeah. And and, the, and just the, the idea that he didn't want to do this. He, he didn't want to exploit it. In the end, she's dead totally by accident too, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. Yep. I was also, that was, it was, it was perfect. That was really like her own fear, right? And her own mm-hmm. like inability to just sit still kills her. Cause if she had just stayed there, the mother got back in the car and drove away. She would have been fine. That would have never found her. Yep. yep. <laughs> I thought that that was brilliant. Um, overall, this was probably one of my favorite black mirror episodes. Cause it was dark as fuck. There was no happy ending. Even though it could be perceived by some to be happy, oh, he got his thing on the streaming service. It was definitely not the only person yeah, who was happy th- was Stewart. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I don't think there was a lot of there wasn't a lot of light and sunshine in the end of this episode. Yeah, which now there's one other thing I want to say is I was totally convinced that as it kept on going on and they were in the bar and everything that we were going to find out that Stewart's dad, like maybe he really did it. <laughs> like, he, like we're going to see some extra footage, you know, like Stewart's going to grab a VHS and put it in. And his dad was actually directing everything. I thought there might've been more. I'm not on a connection there too. I'm glad they didn't. Cause I think that might've been one step too far, but I, I think it was perfect the way they left it. Yeah. That would have been well, probably would have been a step too far too, but Man, this this episode was awesome, man. And um I'm I was happy too that I mean we recognize uh John Hanna who plays uh Richard Oh yeah, King. the Yep. But 
uh, but I like the way that Davis and Pia were kind of unknowns. I, I don't know if I have seen them anywhere before. You know, I, I looked them up and Pia has spent has had a couple seasons on Industry on HBO, which is a show oh, I have okay. not watched yet. I've heard people rave about it, but I have not watched any of it yet. So otherwise, I didn't see any other credits of things that really stuck out to me. Davis was on a lot of other he had a lot of other uh, like TV shows and stuff that he I think he had guest appearances on. But I didn't see anything that was that really stuck out. Oh, I know where I know him from. He was on The Witcher. Oh, he was in The Witcher Blood Origin, actually, for three episodes. Not The Witcher, oh. but the that kind of spinoff. Yeah, that was the animated yeah. thing, wasn't it? I know. I don't think I ever watched the animated thing. No, hmm. no. This was the one with Michelle. Oh, no, who? No, it wasn't. Oh, animated. Yes. Yeah, Michelle Yao is in it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that. I haven't watched that either. I need to do that before the new season comes out. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be that great. Yeah, I think that's probably why I didn't never check it out. Mm, interesting. Interesting. All right, man, let's keep it moving, bro. Um is there anything else you wanted to say about that episode? No, I think we've I think we've said everything. I mean, yeah. I think it's time to go beyond the sea. All right, let's talk about beyond the sea in an alternate an alternative 1969 two men on a perilous high-tech mission wrestle with the consequences of an unimaginable tragedy. Aaron Paul, um what's the other dude's name? Josh Hartnett. Uh, yeah, Minnesota's own Josh Hartnett. Yep. Oh, Minnesota. Nice. Uh, Kate Mara, um, granddaughter of, do you know? Uh, the owner of the Giants. Yeah, exactly. So there's a little uh, Jersey connection. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't know that, that she is loaded. Um, yep. Yeah, she doesn't. Her or her sister, neither one of them needs to act. Never. No. No. Um, that was like Balthazar Getty. Wasn't he like a, the heir, one of the heirs to the Getty fortune? Yeah, there's a couple of them out there. I can't think of the other one. There's another really famous actress that is, too, and I can't remember. There's a few of them that I guess if it doesn't matter if you need it, it's probably a lot easier to go to an audition. You don't have to worry about botching it because you got plenty of money to fall back on. Yep. Oh, that was that uh, dude, uh, Ar- Army Hammer. Oh, he was, too. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah, that's Armin Hammer. That's like that dude who's like a billionaire really? or something. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Um. Maybe that's where he developed huh. some of his peculiar tastes. Yeah, his, to eat women. his. Yeah, yeah, his. Yeah, um, <laughs> that but, sounds like a good episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> it actually is Army, the Army Hammer biopic. Yeah, what do they call them now? Nepo babies, right? Yeah, there you go. Yep. Um, anyway, so this one was the first one I watched because, of course, it takes place aboard a space station or like a, <laughs> a small space station. And I thought that the idea behind this one was super cool that they have replicants on earth and they can transfer their consciousness mm-hmm. between. I like the way they didn't over explain it. They just show us like a cool chair and a thing yep. and that's it. And we can, I mean, you could, they showed us just enough that we could figure if you're intelligent enough, you could figure yeah. it out what's going on without having to be, spoon fed i like that aspect as well yeah and how about the did this one i have to say throughout the episode itself this one even though i wasn't a huge fan of how it ended i mm-hmm. was a huge fan of it kept throwing me for a loop every time i thought it was going down one way 
it took a total left turn and went the other way. And I was very happy about that. You know, this one, I, I loved a lot about it. I, I say, I'm also not crazy about the ending. I, I thought, I thought Josh Hartnett, Aaron Paul and Kate Mara were all really, really good. I was really surprised with Hartnett because he doesn't, he kind of retired from acting for quite a while. So he's, Making a nice little comeback, I think. I I was very impressed with him. I mean, Aaron Paul is Aaron Paul. We know what we're going to get. I loved, like, kind of like what you're saying too. Just the world building and the, just, I mean, everything felt so realized. I just, I don't something about it, and I liked it, but I just didn't. It like it never kicked into that next level for me. And I don't know. It, it almost seemed like it was rushed, even though this was the longest episode. I kind of wonder if this would have been better as like a mini series or something, and even explored even more, but. I don't know. I'm a mixed on this episode. I was going in expecting to absolutely love it, but I'm a little more mixed on this one. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. For me, it's definitely the end. The fact that in the end, Josh, and we're talking spoilers, people in the end, Josh Hartnett murders his family. <laughs> I just didn't get it. That's where, yeah. that's where for me, it went like you were saying in, um, in the lock, uh, lock Henry, if it had turned mm-hmm. out that Stewart's dad had really been, they would have taken it yeah. one step too far and it loses the emotional punch. Mm-hmm. For me, that's what loses the emotional punch. I, and if he, if when, when he, so I'll say this. First of all, I thought she was going to totally go for it. And, and have an affair with the Josh Hartnett character, though through the body of her husband, which in itself. I, I d- oh, go ahead. I also, I also thought that was going to happen. I'm glad that didn't go that way because I thought that would have been way too predictable. So like I said, the, the, I did like a lot of the twists and turns in this one too. So yeah. anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, not, not at all. I want, we're convoing, baby. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I was happy that it didn't go that way. But then when it got to the end, I was like, maybe it would have been better if it did go that way a little bit. Like, yeah. if they had somehow, a, if if Aaron Paul, instead of being pretty much in the end, he was one note, right? Like, they establish mm-hmm. him as a stern, like, you know, Neil Armstrong type. 650s yeah. man right in the 60s actually kind of even a throwback in his own time even though it's before our time well yeah because even when they set it up at the beginning and hartnett is going to the hartnett is always dressed to the nines and all this and yeah. aaron paul is living out living out in the country and farming and mm-hmm. wearing overalls and i mean he looks more old-fashioned than i do so it's <laughs> but also the way he treats his wife she he, yeah. in the first scene, she's like, I came to the country for you. Mm-hmm. So they established that very early that she's bored. And when when the when Josh Hartnett picks up on that and says it to him, your wife is bored. And when he kind like and it kind of comes on to her and gives her the book and there and the painting and he's opening her up, right? And perhaps yep. it's just because he misses his own wife who was murdered in front of his eyes through a replicant. That was that whole, yeah, that whole thing. And the, yeah, the, the religious zealots and that whole thing was when that was all going on, I'm like, oh my God, this episode is amazing. Cause it was so horrifying. And so 
I hope that's there's so much good stuff in this episode. I'd say I, I don't want to come off too negative. I was just, I just I was I was yeah yeah that that stuff was great yeah, uh, and that was uh, Rory Culkin, brother of you know I wondered if that yeah. I didn't look at the castles for this, but I wondered if he I thought he looks a little bit like uh, old uh, our favorite Roman Roy, but I was like yeah. I don't think that's him. So I nope. it would make sense it was one of his brothers. I think it's his older brother, I think, or maybe it's his younger brother. I don't know. They they all, he, those two really do look very much alike. I think Rory, wasn't he the one that was in uh, Under the Banner of Heaven? Let's see. One of them was in that. I yes, he say was. was yep, you're absolutely correct. Okay. Yes, he was in Swarm, Under the, he was in City on a Hill, Castle Rock, Sneaky Pete. Waco. Oh, he was really good in Waco. I thought that was the other one. I don't know. Oh, man. Maybe they're the same yeah, guy and they're just fooling us. It's, it's just they're competing with the Hemsworth brothers at this I point. Know. So. I don't know. They may have them beat, though. I don't know, it, man. You, it's, it's a good tight race right now. You know, Home Alone alone is. Uh, yeah, well. Home Alone will have to go against Thor, so we'll see what happens there. <laughs> or Extraction 2, which I saw as well. Um, but long story short, man, this that that was horrifying. And the fact that he's watching through the replicant, but even more horrifying is the fact that he chose to do that. They knock him out. He wakes up on the ship. And I thought that he was going to try to communicate with uh with earth and say someone's attacking my family right but instead mm-hmm. he puts himself back into he inserts his card and puts himself back into the body which is what they wanted right so he yep. can watch as they murder his whole family in front of him which really i had a hard a little bit of a hard time sleeping that night i have to admit that that and isn't that isn't that too when we when isn't that where the reveal that that it's actually a robot isn't that the first time we tell for sure that's what's going on? Like we, when they don't they cut his hand or something? I mean, or did they mention something before that that it was a replicant type yes, situation? Because I think it's like the second scene or something. They're in the movie theater, and when they're coming out, that's that night before that before they get attacked, yeah. and the person yeah. says, "You're here, but this uh, this body is here," and so they don't say, "Hey, there's a replica," blah blah. But I think that. Any sci-fi head like ourselves, I think you two probably yeah. picked up on the fact. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot about the, I forgot yeah. about the line. Yeah, it's been I've, it's been a few days since I watched it, so I was wasn't as fresh there. But yeah, you're right. I forgot about the theater the theater thing. So um, I don't know. I'm just saying it was horrific. Yeah, there were so many levels to it, and that's what Black Mirror is good at. It's not just oh somebody dies. It's like they accidentally kill their mom. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, and they um, and then they celebrate it, not knowing it's their mom, right? Like, yep, that's the sick part of it. So, I guess the fact that Josh Hartnett ends up doing that to Aaron Paul because he had earlier said to him, "You have no idea what it's like." Whatever he he basically went insane. Yeah, what is that saying about you know? Is this supposed to? S- what is this supposed to say? Is this like, um, uh, what's the allegory to our world or America that you see? You know, this is one where I'm not really, I'm not really sure. Is it a, I just, I, 
is it like the haves and the have nots kind of thing or economic th- like an economic low income versus high income people or i don't under i i can't quite put my finger on it it doesn't seem to be real super clear to me if that makes sense yeah i was i'm i'm i that's the thing that that's why the ending to me maybe if i had picked up on i picked up on the connections obviously we had seen this happen earlier and then he does it to him but past that i was trying to fit is this is this a vietnam illusion is this a space race illusion is that like capitalism like you're talking about yeah Um, i mean the reason they did it seemed to have religious implications religion versus science Uh right like that's true too yeah science gone too far which is obviously a black mirror thing Uh yeah that's like one of the key things yeah but that's why i don't know if i that's why I, I felt that I, what I was hoping happened is that he went back and he ta- just talked to her and he said to her, I lost my wife and my family. I watched them die. I fell in love with you. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you know, Aaron Paul. I'm yeah. trapped in this now and I don't know what to do. And that mm-hmm. when Aaron Paul came back, she, you know, like explained it to him or, or even I was thinking, um, maybe like, uh, if, if he killed anyone, he would kill Aaron Paul and then just take over his body and pretend he was him for the rest of the time. I, I actually thought that was maybe where they were going. I mean, I think that I, I want to I say, too, there's a line in the beginning or near the beginning where they say part of the reason for this project is to uh, to um, determine the long term effect of humans in space. Yeah. And it obviously <laughs> and it obviously kind of shows here that maybe at least in this world, it, it's not good. So I don't know. I don't know. Something that just doesn't all, I say I can't put my finger on it. I still like this episode and liked a lot of elements of it. I just didn't quite nail the nail yeah. the ending for me. I agree, Matt. And maybe as time goes on, or if someone's listening and they have, they can explain it better. Yeah. I want to kind of read about it and see what other people think. Um, yeah, for sure. But that is an example too, though, because oftentimes people say like, why haven't we gone to Mars? Why don't we go to the moon more or and do more stuff like that? And there are economic reasons, of course. And like, if there were diamonds on the moon, we would have already had fucking Disney world there. But yeah, it is like t- travel like that affects the psyche and your body. Yeah, the too. mental. I can't imagine that the the reality of it would be. Even though a lot of the science part of the Martian has been proven, I can't imagine everybody would have as good a mood as Matt Damon does yes, in that movie. Yeah, it takes. Then again, it, yeah, it takes a certain type, right? And that's where yeah. it gets thrown off by having your whole family murdered in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, we didn't. I didn't even mean for us to go this in depth. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm a chatterbox, and uh, I didn't finish watching Maisie Day, the next one, with Zazie Beats. So we'll, we'll have to talk about that uh, at another time. Well, um, I, I'll give you. I'll just say okay. one quick thing. I, it's my least favorite of this of this uh, season, and it's not close. I really. I like Zazie Beats a lot. I just I didn't think this was up to the par with the rest of the rest of this season. 
Okay. Maybe that's why I watched 20 minutes of it and then and then started watching Demon 79, which I didn't completely finish because I I literally just kind of like was falling asleep. I was trying to finish it for the podcast. Um, and then I did not have time to watch it today. And especially because I, it's, I love that. I don't, at this point, I'm not, I don't even know if I care how it ends, but this, this was maybe my second favorite one where it's just like in England in 1979, this, uh, I'll read a meek sales assistant is told she must commit terrible acts to prevent disaster. She accidentally touches something with blood and it's like a a demon makes her kill three people in three days. And I, I thought this was great. (laughs) I thought it was a mix of a great mix uh, of funny and horror. This, uh, this was my favorite episode of the series of the season. I love the ending. I love the ending of this one. It's the, uh, there's some other cool things about this. I didn't notice it until I, I read an article about it later. The uh, when it starts, this isn't technically not a Black Mirror episode. At the very beginning, it says Black Mirror presents a Red Mirror film. Oh, maybe they're doing a horror series now. That's kind of what I mean. The whole beginning of that thing was basically like a '70s Rosemary Baby kind of like the opening, and then the blaring noise, and it just cuts to silence and the the editing and everything. So it's I just I thought this episode was great. I had. I really had no idea where it was going. It, it ends up there's horror, it's like insane horror, but then surprisingly really funny at times, especially once a, 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 char- a new character gets introduced into the, as soon as the demon shows up, basically it's very funny, I think. So I just, I love this episode. It was my favorite. Yeah. And it was very English too, because the people yes. who make this show are primarily English and they do mm-hmm. it, but it is a, a show that's kind of, that does try to reflect the world. But I do think that I kind of like the more English one, like the Locke Henry episode, right? Even though I guess maybe they were in Scotland for that. Um, but that's still the UK. But I, I, I tend I, to I, like those episodes. And this one too, the the setting was great. The the cast was great. The the star of it, what's her name? Um and I, and, I don't and remember. I looked Anjana it up, and I don't know her from anywhere. Yeah, Anjana Vasan. She is great. Yeah. Oh, she's in. Sp- the, she was in Spider Man: Far From. Oh, oh, she's in We Are Lady Parts. Which is okay. A, I haven't. Yeah. yeah, I haven't watched that, but I've seen the previews. I know. I think she's one of the main characters. I yep, think she is, and she was in Killing Eve for seven episodes. Okay. She, so I th- I think you're right too about the the English or UK more themed ones. They just yeah. seem, they both especially this season they both seem to land a lot better and they were much more solid episodes. They were also both m- very much more horror than the other yeah. ones. So pick it up on that. Yeah, I really like horror it. thing, you know, which I yeah. I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Being an Irishman myself. I kind of dig that stuff. Sounds like my grandma telling me stories or some shit. <laughs> yep. But this one was great. And I liked them. Um, and I liked the way they dealt with shit, with uh, the racism and how she felt about herself and her yeah. internal life versus her external life. You're kind of questioning throughout. Is this really happening? 
You know, is she yeah. just giving herself an excuse to do this? So I don't know yet. So that's kind of fun. We can't spoil Axe on this one. Yeah, I, I'm not. But, I'm not going to spoil. I'll just say I was very satisfied by the ending. Okay, I, I suppose I would be. It's directed by Toby Haynes, who directed a bunch of Doctor Who. Um, he directed Sherlock. He directed six episodes. I guess that's all the episodes of Andor. Wait, oh, he directed he direct every episode all of, Andor? of Andor. Hold on a second. I, I thought I thought Tony Gilroy did a bunch of that. Maybe he just wrote it. Maybe well, Gilroy I, just I don't wrote know it. how many episodes there were. I don't remember. Yeah, look that up. I didn't realize he was involved with Andor, which is a show which I obviously I loved Andor. So maybe that's why I love this. I wouldn't have ever guessed that that was from the same Would guy. It? With, uh, no, wait a second. Oh, maybe maybe IMDb is wrong because they're already they've already got next seasons. They've got up twenty four episodes. How many freaking episodes was Andor? Um, I want to say it was like twelve. It was the it was like really? the longest Disney Plus. Yeah, there it was. was. You're right. So he did. He directed half of Andor. Oh, and he he directed One Way Out, which was my favorite yeah. episode of that of that. Uh, of that season. Huh. Yeah, interesting. I'll keep an eye on him. Long time, man. This dude has directed a lot of shit and a lot of English stuff. Doctor Who, Utopia, Wallander, that Heath was talking about. Oh my God. He directed three episodes of Five Days, the show that Heath was telling me yesterday that we should all watch, starring David Oyello. Oh, really? Yeah. So look at that. Yeah, I it see it right now. Look at this icon. It's like it's on HBO. I'll have to That's check that cool. out. Yeah. He directed two episodes of Being Human. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of TV stuff. stuff. Yeah, good for him. But um, yeah. yeah, this episode for me, the look of it, the feel of it, it was spot on. And if they are going to do a red mirror, I'm all about it. Because I yeah. think, I mean, you look at what has really been what genre has for me and film especially been propelling creativity in the past five to 10 years. And it's horror yep. without a doubt. Yep. It's been, it's been pushing it into new yeah. ways for sure. I wish there were a million sci-fi time travel movies that were coming out that were really good. Most of them are like, I want to go back and see my girlfriend, right? Like it seems like every yeah. time I'm on yeah. like, Amazon or some shit. It's like, oh, it's a time travel movie. It's like, or a, a new, <laughs> a, another one is um, a group of students discover a time so they can get like uh, five teenagers in yeah. a room. Yeah. Get, yeah. Get the, the young adult, the YA stuff. Yeah. yeah. But actually I was going to say not to go totally off black mirror, but just a shout out to Lightyear. I don't know. Did you ever see Lightyear Ando? Uh, yes, I did. What was your, I am not, I am not nearly as high on that as you are. I know you really loved it. And the, I can't, let's see. I've only watched it once. Luke has watched this movie many, many times. He loves it. The thing that drive drove me nuts was it got too silly at times. I wish it would have leaned even more into the sci-fi and the, but I, I mean, I understand why some of the silly stuff was in there, like some of the sidekicks. And I just was I just got annoyed with the characters. I like the story itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it was just the it, parts of it were the parts that were too kiddie. I didn't like that. I, I mean, I can handle kiddie stuff, but I, 
And I normally I can handle tones when they mix back and forth, but I didn't like the the mixture of the silly sidekicks with this ultra serious, like almost Chris Nolan light kind of story, which I, I so I'm very mixed on Lightyear. Okay. I know I know you are a big fan of it though. I'm a huge fan of Lightyear. I think I totally understand why kids and people didn't like it because it it has nothing to do with Toy Story, and yeah. I don't care about that the fact that Chris Evans' voice or whatever it, that didn't bother or that, that what's his name the original Buzz it it made sense if you actually yeah. think about it. it's just too complicated for a kid to understand right that, yeah and that like I said that was that was none of my problem I, I liked all that stuff yeah. I think it was specifically for me I think it was specifically a guy's name that comes up all the time when we talk I think it was Taika Waititi's character was just so freaking annoying to me in that one. And I'm like, Oh my God, shut him up, cut him out of this movie, please. And I would like the movie. <laughs> Normally at one character, it doesn't bother me, but that just got so, I ended up, Oh man, I just did not something about it. I'll, I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going to give it another shot. So I, I know, I know you love it a lot. And I, I love the, the time travel stuff and I love that space and time travel together. I mean, it's, I should love it. So I, I'm going to give it another shot. Yeah, I think if you divorce yourself, I guess I had reverse expectations, so that kind of stuff just washed away because I expected oh, yep. it to be a really dumb kids movie. And then once yep. it got into the time travel stuff, I was like, "Holy shit, this is really cool!" Like, <laughs> I really like. And I, like, this is cool. Maybe that's the difference. I was going in because I had read a couple reviews of I don't remember who the hell it was from. But it was somebody that I generally agree with, and they raved about it. Okay. So I was like, "Huh." I'm, uh, so my expectations were raised a little bit. So maybe that was part of maybe that was part of my problem. Too high of expectations. I, I think, man, totally. In five years, there's going to be all. It's going to be appearing on all those lists, like great time travel movies you haven't seen, or so, right, or where people reconsider movies. I think yeah, underappreciated yeah. classics. Yeah, but not for kids though. I think adults. I think people are going to be yep. like, as an adult, watch Lightyear, and it's re- and you can watch it with your kid, but you'll you'll enjoy it because or um, or there's going to be people that like in twenty years, like people like Luke or Lachlan's age that watched it when they yeah, were kids and it blew them away. Yeah, it becomes like a cult thing. You have like a cool yeah. and maybe an entryway to primer or looper yeah. or uh time yep. crimes or some great yeah any time yeah, any great shit mm-hmm. um which reminds me live die repeat is also a great time travel movie oh one of my all-time favorites you love it i love that movie yeah. what's the name of what's the original name of that um Oh no, that was the original name. the The new name, the theater name, was Edge of Tomorrow. Oh right, which is so stupid. Yep, and you know what? I think even it was it was even another name at one time. It was what the heck? The other name was even cool too. I want to say it was like it's an Operation Kill or something. All you need is kill. I think was the yeah. original name. Well, I think Live Die Repeat is a much better name for a movie. Yeah, and it oh, explains yeah. the movie to you, unlike Edge of yep. Tomorrow, which sounds like yeah. some 1950s movie where they're hugging on a beach or rolling around on a beach. Isn't that was not Edge of Tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> the all you need is kill is the original novel. I looked it up that Edge of Tomorrow or that Live by Repeat is based on. Yeah. And all you need is kill. I, I think that's a clever title, but 
it's not i i could see lived i repeat with that yeah lived i repeat is a would have been a very cool awesome name for yeah. it and that yeah. was a great movie and tom Cruise. you know what man i know scientology is fucked up i know brett watched that scientology show and he's like axel scientology's fucked up you know what though brett tom cruise is awesome though man <laughs> i can't he's, help it i can't help so it. many awesome stuff he does yeah I it's know. He's crazy, man. Jumping off shit. Yep. I can't wait to see Mission Impossible. I I saw they they screened it here a couple days ago, and the the reviews have been through the roof. Oh, so, of course. Yeah, that little motherfucker's jumping off cliffs and all that shit, <laughs> running as fast as he can. It's like, look at that little Tom Cruise go. He's yeah, running. <laughs> man, he's the best. All right, Ando, what else we got, man? Well, you know what? We should, since we're in sci-fi and a show that's had plenty of time travel on that, maybe we should touch on Strange New Worlds for a few seconds. Oh, yeah. I mean, just love it. And this this first episode, centering more on Spock, this dude, what's his name? Ethan Peck? Isn't he Gregory Peck's grandson? I believe he is, actually. Oh, I think you're right. I think he's related to Gregory Peck, now that yeah. you say that. I forgot about that, but I, that triggered something when you told me when you said that just now. Well, he has the look, too. His, he's very handsome yeah. motherfucker. Yep. Um, yeah, let's see. Well, Holy. the whole cast is so dang good in this. I, there's not a weak link in the cast. It's... It, I, I think my favorite thing about Strange New Worlds too, and that yep. unfortunately I don't think that many people are watching it. It's to me, it's like they, it's, they finally kind of melded the the way that J.J. Abrams Star Trek, which I still love the first Star Trek J.J. Abrams did, but they kind of melded that style with the original series in a way that's just they've it's like they've updated the original series in a way that is more feels more like Star Trek. I don't know; it's hard to explain, but I just love the show. I. He is the grandson of Gregory Peck. Um, and I think that the fact that Anson Mount, who is also fucking awesome in this show, uh-huh. maybe the best role yeah. of his career. And oh, he's had some interesting sure. roles. Remember he did that Western. What was that Western he did? Uh, that was on forever. I watched like the first yeah. three or four seasons of that show. That was, I cannot remember what, I know what you're talking about and I can't remember either. Cause I didn't watch it. Well, I'm about to say it because I'm, I'm, I'm IMDB in this motherfucker up in here. Anson Mount. It was called oh, hell on wheels. Hell on wheels. Yeah. Hell on wheels. That was 2011 to 2016, 55 episodes. I guess that was five seasons of 11 episodes. I like that show. Yeah, it was. I think that was running a lot of the same time as Breaking Bad, if I remember right, because I remember yeah. seeing a lot of commercials for it. It was an AMC show, I think. Yes. Um, but anyway, you are right, Andy. It is able to have, in Discovery, and they've done interviews on this, and I've read a bunch of shit, because one of the things that separates Discovery from the other Star Trek is they purposefully tried to be more emotional and empathic, empathetic, I should say, or or empathic, because some of the characters are. Um, so that show is very touchy-feely, right? Like 
when when they're about to land on a planet in discovery they're like we all came here together we love each other and if we try hard and work as a team we can find out why we uh are going to solve this problem and, and, and why we love each other and the people down there too right and the funny thing is i never i still haven't finished discovery <laughs> i watched most of the I watched a good chunk of the first season and I'm like, I'm a huge Trek guy. And I was just like, I'm just not, Yeah, I'm, I did. It's not like I didn't like it, but I was like, I just got other things I'd rather watch than this. So I never went back to it. For me, that's kind of what I thought it was a, it was more, you know, Star Trek has, is kind of like melodramatic, right? You think about mm-hmm. Kirk, right? Spock. Oh my God. Like it was, you know, so yeah, there's always been a touch of that, even Jean-Luc Picard, you know? Oh, yeah. So I think that's where they were leaning to in Discovery. And for me, it, some people really like it. For me, I want them to do like a quarter of that. I like that they added it to the show. So that's why I think Strange New Worlds is successful. Because instead of giving that whole speech... They do. They'll be like, we can do it together. Now let's go. And then they'll ju- they just kind of move ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it yeah. is. It is about discovery. It's about challenging themselves and just keep moving forward. Where I think discovery itself is a little bit more reflective, and I find the plots and the characters to be a a little bit. It's just, it feels more like a soap opera to me than a science fiction show. I think I, I would agree with that. At least from what I've seen of Discovery, I would definitely agree with it. I mean, it, it really, to me, it really feels like it, it's the most similar to the original Star Trek, the, the original series of anything that's came since. Which is Strange New Worlds. Even though it, yeah, Strange New Worlds. Even though it's got some serialization, definitely more than the original series, that's not, I mean, Every episode has its own little thing going on that's an adventure of the week kind of yeah. a thing, but they they expertly weave in the continuing storyline too. So it's I'm just const- constantly impressed with the show. Yeah, and they're able to do that emotional stuff, but it seems to I, I don't know. It just seems like the the way they are doing it is just a bit more successful um, mm-hmm. with the characters that they've chosen. Maybe it's the actors and actresses. Maybe it's the plots, but I just think that this is definitely the most, this is the best Star Trek since the Orville. I, it's exactly, I was going to say since DS9, but you're right. right. Since the Orville, for sure. It really is. <laughs> yep. Best yeah, Star it Trek is for sure. The, and the, but the, or I still, I don't know though. The, I think this show when it's uh, firing on all cylinders, maybe is better than the Orville. I, I think it has a good shot. I mean, I'm not ready to proclaim that yet because there's only been 11 episodes, but the way they're going, I, it, it, I think it could surpass it pretty quickly. Yeah. And I love the Orville too, so. It might be Spock that's doing it. I think this dude is should be like a superstar. He is, you know that that's not the his accent even, right? Like, how yeah. he gives Spock like a kind of a strain. I can't even do it, but he gives, yeah. he like created an accent. That's a little mm-hmm. bit Leonard Nimoy, a little bit something else. 
And yep. I, I just think well, it's it was, remarkable. I was thinking a lot about that as compared because we've had three Spocks. Well, at least three Spocks. I don't correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's just been Nimoy, Zach Quinto, and and Peck. And Quinto, which I also like his performance a lot, but he seemed like he was doing more of an impression. Yes, of Leonard 100%. Nimoy. Yep. Which I still like, but he doesn't add his own twist to it like Peck does. Yeah, yeah. Which is smart because Leonard Nimoy well, is huh. dead. So he's not and, coming back. And I mean, Nimoy is one of the all time. Yeah. I mean, Spock is one of the all time characters in American entertainment. How do you yeah. even try to, how do you try to duplicate that? It just seems insane. So you got it. Yeah. I'm, it I'm very impressed with it. Yep. Which is exactly. Yeah, man. I think that this is, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this uh, yeah. season of this and, show. Some of the things I've heard about, I've I've stumbled accidentally stumbled on a few um, overviews from things that come later in the season. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily spoilers, but kind of what what some of the episodes are containing. And I'm thinking, holy shit, this sounds awesome! So I'm nice. very excited as well. Nice. Um, is there anything else you want to chat about? Well, I've got a few things I could I could run through real quick. The first one: Have you seen or heard of the show called Jury Duty? I'm sure you've heard about it. You know what this show is? I watched the first episode a while back when it first dropped. Because What did I, you think about it? I thought it was funny and interesting and the concept that they they it is a court case where everyone is an actor except for one guy who answered like a Craigslist ad or something. Um okay. Or yep. maybe he thinks he's really doing jury duty. I don't remember. How is it? Yeah, it's, he, uh, he thinks he's really doing jury duty, right? The, yeah, the best way to describe it is he. It's a, it's a show like it's a single cam comedy, kind of like Parks and Rec or The Office or something. I would compare it more to Ricky Gervais's Office because it has more of that, more not quite as much, not as over the top as some as The Office or Parks and Rec could get sometimes. Where everybody, it's a, a jury trial, but one guy that's in the jury. That's where they add the reality show into it, where it's a guy that doesn't know everybody else is an actor. And when I first heard about this, I thought this sounds ridiculous. But I, I kept hearing a lot of people had it on middle of the year best of lists. I'm like, I'm going to give this a try. And it, it's on Prime now, so you don't have to watch it with ads anymore because it was on freebie. Ah, oh, that's why I didn't go back for the second episode. Yeah. Because I watch now it on freebie. Yeah, it's now all on Prime, so you cool. can watch it commercial free. That's very smart and, that they did that. Good. That's yeah, nice to see the, a streamer be smart like that. I watched this thing. I, I watched the first because I said so we did some traveling here, and I watched the first episode. I think a day and a half ago, and I finished it this afternoon. And it's, I, and this is a minor spoiler, but I'm not going to care because it's going to go what draws people in. Our old friend Teddy, our host Teddy James Marsden, is in this, and this might be the best thing he has ever done. He is so playing himself. And he is, he comes on as one of the jury members playing himself. And it's an exaggerated version of him. I can't do the comedy because it's so goddamn hilarious that, that it's just, it's worth watching just for James Marsden. It's one of the best things he's ever done. I think not that I've seen everything James Marsden has done, but, and the second thing is the guy that answered the ad because they, they, at the end of the series, they kind of know how they, they made the whole thing. And they, they sent out like an application that said, Anybody interested on a project involving an examination of the American jury process or something to that effect? Oh, okay. they got like 2000 people 
Yeah, they got like 2,000 applicants, and they pick this guy out. The guy's name is Ronald Gladden, and they hit oh, a home right, run with Oh, that's right, because that's why the cameras are there. So he knows yes. they're making a show because he answered an ad, but he thinks well, it's a real jury that he's just volunteered to be the documentary subject. Yeah, and and most of the ah, most of the cameras, most of the cameras are hidden, and he it's. I mean, you find out later they're on sets and stuff, and they, the way they've designed it, he had no idea that was even happening. But this guy that they cast is. You know how sometimes, not that I watch much reality TV, but how sometimes when you're talking about it, you'll say that whoever casted this person, it's a home run when they just yeah. the, the perfect person in the perfect part. This guy is it. He is worth watching for yes. the show. He's just so, so sincere. Okay, I mean, watch. by the end of by, it's hilarious. And by the end, it's actually touching by the end of the series. It's just I highly, highly recommend jury duty. I was I wasn't hooked right away, but I just it kept growing on me. And it was a show I kind of had on in the background while I was packing and all that stuff. And. Eventually, I was like I said today. I was glued to the iPad for an hour, not watching anything else because I just I love the show. It was really high recommend. So I really like that. And it, let's say the combination of reality TV and a comedy at the same time is just bizarre. And somehow they pulled it off. So just I don't know if that sounds interesting. Anybody should check it out. I um, will. And isn't the judge yes. like Ike Barinholtz's dad or something? He is. Oh, I don't know. I haven't had much time. I just, like I said, I just finished it like an hour before we started. So I haven't dug yeah, in. There's I think the so. only other actor, the only other actor I recognized besides James Marsden was, um, the guy who was in, he's been a lot, he's a character actor and I should know his name. He was in parks and rec. He played the head of the sewer department. He's in, he's got a part in reservation dogs. He's the guy that owns the chop shop and reservation dogs. I mean, it's a guy you, when you see him, you're like, Oh yeah, it's almost surprising the guy that oh, okay. they picked didn't recognize him. But otherwise, I don't recognize anybody in it. They're all actors. And the, the, you know what? The judge, though, they said they interviewed him at the end, and he was actually a former lawyer as well. So I don't know if that's still if he's related to Ike Barinholtz or not. But And some of the lawyers they hired to play lawyers were former lawyers. So it, it gives it a realistic feel. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, just, it's Ike Barinholtz's dad. Yeah, huh. I, I heard a that's, podcast where it, it didn't have anything to do with that, but it's just that that's yeah. how he heard about it. Like, huh. I think, he, like he, he said, Dad, they're looking for someone to play a judge, and so he decided to do it. But yeah, the James well, Morrison thing, that's not really a – he's in it in like the first five minutes of the show, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was going to say, I, I, would, I didn't want to – in case somebody was like, oh, that's a spoiler. I mean, it's you find out right away, and it's – he's the – well, him and the lead uh, – Ronald Gladden are the reasons to watch. Marzen is just hilarious. Play, playing kind of an over-the-top version of himself, and it's the jokes he has and the, his comedy timing in is just perfect. So That's awesome. I would recommend that. All right. What else? Um, the, a couple other things I was going to say. The uh, the Diplomat. Did you ever finish The Diplomat? No. I know you've mentioned it on a couple of different things. but uh, Man, I hated the first episode, loved the second episode, and then it kind of evened out, and I just didn't care that much about it. I, I don't know. I guess I may, we, we might get show, back well, into it. I don't know. I mean, and I've seen I've seen some people, I think Seppenwall or one of those guys put it on like their top 10 of the year so far list. I wouldn't put it up that high, but I kind of... I, I buzz through it quick. It's a nice, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a Netflix show. Yeah. And I'm saying that in the, I'm saying that in not the stranger things, mind Hunter kind of way. I'm saying that in the 80 million shows, they make that all seem similar. It McDonald's. feels like it's a little bit like, yeah, 
It's a little it's it's like a little bit like West Wing with like a dash of Homeland thrown into it. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, but it's not anything that blew my socks off. Um, well, Andy, did you know that the person who created it wrote for both of those shows? Of course, that makes complete sense. You then I did not know that. I, yeah. Besides Carrie Russell, I didn't really know much about the show. And, and uh, Grey's Anatomy. The well, there you go. Because there, there's definitely some of that in that show yeah. as well. Um, you guys a couple days ago or a week or so ago now, whenever you one of the times you talked to Heath, you talked about Fubar a little bit. I watched. I also watched watched a couple episodes. I thought what you guys said or what you said was about the same way I felt. Um, but I also watched that Arnold Doc on Netflix that they released at the same time. Yeah, and I I actually really really enjoyed it. I Me mean, too. it's I'm not a huge I'm not a huge Arnold fan. I mean, yeah. I love some of his stuff, obviously, and some of it I don't care for. But the guy is just endlessly fascinating. Just because he, I don't know, his, his where he came from and how he how he built himself into this person and as successful as he is, and then it it actually didn't gloss over all the bad things that he's done as well. So it's yeah. I, I thought it was really a fun, quick watch. If you're an Arnold fan, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Well, and um, yeah, go ahead. A little uh, factoid here. I love when I go to sleep at night to listen to biographies. And along with folks like the founding father, Thomas Jefferson and Washington and Adams and all these other ones that I've listened to a million times. Oh, yep. I have listened to Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography about 5,000 times, autobiography, so I know the dude's life back and forth. While I was watching the doc, it's based on the book that... Okay, I've so, heard amazing things yeah. about the autobiography before. I, sh- I should awesome. pick up that audiobook. And, um, so, and I have always been fascinated by Arnold Yeah, I mean, look, the dude has done some creepy shit. He's uh, made mistakes. He, uh, our politics might not be the same, but his life is pretty fascinating. And for me, I find his directness to always be appealing. Yeah, I you would know, agree. He does not seem like he is ever lying like it seems like he doesn't really have the cape even though we know that he does because he had a whole yeah, other for sure kid, yeah and he's a human but yep. he's just seems like he's like oh and then i did this and then you're like okay he did that um yeah so he's i find him endlessly appealing arnold schwarzenegger i know not everyone yeah. does of course in this day and age as well but uh i said i just it was just 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 listen to him and that's well made too just yeah oh for sure yeah i was i don't know what po- caused me to throw it on i think because i had watched a couple episodes of food bar and i saw that was also sitting there i'm like huh let's check this out for a few minutes and i was drawn way more into the dock than i was into food bar so food bar which is like true lies light kind of like what you said i mean yeah. that's it is exactly what it is and it's it's true lies minus james cameron so i mean that's <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like um okay and before we go i wanted to hit one other quick topic because you had you said uh, what it was. It was some posts I think you put on fa- on the Facebook group earlier about the superhero stuff and the Flash bombing this weekend. I did oh. not go see the Flash, and I did not see the Flash, but it was about the superhero fatigue and some of that stuff. And I didn't read the whole article, but you kind of summarized it at the top and about superhero fatigue and is it a thing and is it not a thing? And I've seen two superhero movies in the last couple months. We went. To, I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three first. 
back in May or whenever that came out. My wife was a massive Guardians fan, so it was a good excuse for us to go out on a date night. Guardians, I, I, it's kind of been drowned out by another superhero movie I'll talk about in a minute. But I think it's actually the best Marvel movie since Endgame. It's not perfect. It's it's the most James Gunn of all of the Guardian movies. My wife did not care for it at all because it was the most James Gunn of all the movies. If you've seen James Gunn's non-MCU movies, you kind of know what that means. It's more violent. It's darker. It's There's more misery. There's just kind of weird, gross, gross kind of things that make you feel a little bit gross. But I absolutely loved it. I thought it was I thought it was uh, Chris Pratt's best performance as Star Lord. Uh, Bradley Cooper in this one. I mean, Rocket Raccoon has been always been one of my favorite MCU characters, and it, the story is basically about him and his origin story. And I loved Bradley Cooper. It's and the villain. It's one of the best villains the MCU has ever had. So, in that case, I definitely don't think superhero fatigue is setting in. I think it just needs to be better movies being made, and I think people will come right back because I thought Guardians was excellent. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about is the other big sensation, which we went as a family last week or two weeks ago now is Spider-Man into or across the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. This movie, I know you've seen and like the original uh, into the Spider-Verse and this thing, this is what the big screen is made for this movie. It's, it is just, it blew me away how good it was. I only have one complaint. It was a little bit too long. So as a tall person, such as yourself, Sitting in the theater for almost two and a half hours. Oh, yeah, I'll watch this at it's, home, man. I can't yeah, do it, dude. I got a big TV. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just old. And hey, I, I don't. I do not begrudge or shit on the movie going experience just yeah. because it's uncomfortable for me. Um, and yep, and what I've also resigned myself to, Ando, is I'm if I do go, I'm gonna miss a bit of the middle of the movie. I have to get up yeah. and walk around a little bit. I have to leave the theater for a second. I got to stretch my legs. Yep. Um, that's, I got to do a little tinkle. And so that's that's my only real complaint because that's part of And my son is a huge, huge Spider-Man fan who is six. And there's a lot of this movie, I mean, dealing with multiverses and that stuff that he's can't, he kind of understands it a little bit. But a lot of it went over his head because it's there's some even more it's always even more sci-fi than the first one did in a good way. And so it, it it was a struggle for him. So I think six is a little too young for this. I mean, not because it's too violent or anything, just because there was parts where he got bored. I mean, all the action stuff he loved, obviously, but and a two and a half hour movie for a sit for a kid like that sometimes can be a challenge, too. So I actually got to stretch my legs because I was chasing him down a couple times in the, in the theater. But. Otherwise, without spoiling anything else, I mean, it, in in certain ways, it's kind of like what Ro- Who Framed Roger Rabbit did, where it's it's combining even more than the first film, different filmmaking techniques, different forms of media, even all these things in the same frame at the same time. It's a movie that I cannot wait to see it again because the stuff they're doing is just crazy, and the the voice acting, the character work, everything is so. I mean, by the end of the movie, I forgot it was even animation. I mean, it draws you in so much. There was people yelling at the end of the movie in the theater, yelling like, oh, my God. And because, I mean, the other thing, if you haven't heard, this is a part one. It was advertised as that a long long time ago. And then they kind of hid that as opposing to like first trailer said across the Spider-Verse part one. 
Well, they eliminated that from the trailer. So there's people, there's some people that were mad at the end of the movie because they're like, oh, what the fuck? So, I mean, it it, ends the end, I love the ending. Is the thing, right? Yes. I don't think that, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that in this well, day and, and age. And where, the thing is, too, is even the people like that the are pissed thing. off that I've, yeah, the people that were pissed off about it are still like, what the fuck was awesome is the very next second yeah. sentence. So it's, I mean, it's, you know, the only thing without giving in any spoiler stories, the other thing that's just amazingly beautiful about this movie, it's simultaneously about being a parent and about being a child at the, in the same movie. It's just, I, high high I recommend, I don't know if it's as, if it's not better than the first one, it's at least on par with the first one. That's and I, great. the next one comes out in March. I cannot wait. So as soon as it hits oh. VOD or wherever, you should definitely check it out. And anybody else should check it out too. And if you can handle sitting in a theater for two and a half hours, do it. Cause the big screen experience is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, but basically what I was bringing those up for was because I don't think the superhero thing fatigue is really a thing. I think bad superhero movie fatigue is a thing. If they make good movies, people are going to come yeah. to them, I think. Well, I agree with that too because there, but there is like genre fatigue and I think you get genre fatigue when it's straight up genre and the best genre is stuff that subverts its own genre, right? Yep. Like yep. when Marvel makes a what is go- you think is going to be sci-fi and it's really more of like a horror movie or like when the Captain America movie was really more like a spy thriller. Yep. Right? Things like yeah, that. That's yeah. when you're a look at Aliens itself. You know, mm-hmm. Alien and Aliens subvert their own genres. That's the that's the key to good genre is kind of going down that rabbit hole, which it sounds like the Spider-Verse does, or the or conversely, which is what people would call elevating it, which is what I think Christopher Nolan did with the Batman stuff. Those yeah, are sure. not really Batman movies. Those are Christopher Nolan movies. And you know, the thing about it, I, with the, with the dark Knight trilogy, I think the weakest one is the one that leans most into the superhero stuff, which is the third one. Yeah. Even the though dark that Knight too Rises is one, fun as hell. Yeah. That like, Oh yeah, for sure. And it looks amazing, and the concepts behind it is like yeah. weird, and so I don't know. I guess I think that it's just if if I would have to describe what happens in Ant Man and the Quantum Mania universe, yeah. um, the <laughs> uh, the multiverse of madness of Doctor Strange. The Spider Man and the three Spider Guys, I would have to say it's just a bunch of fucking stupid cameos that I don't care about, which is how I feel about The Flash. When this movie first uh, was talked about, people said, oh, it's got a great script and it's based on the Flashpoint, right? Like the famous Flash yep. story. So I yep. said to myself, which so is the TV show and so are like a couple animated movies, blah, blah, blah. But I said, okay, cool. I mean, yes, they've done it before, but let's see it. Um, and then when it all became about Michael Keaton's in the movie and this person's in the movie and that, right. I just started to get bored and I'm like, I, I don't care about Michael Keaton dressing up as a character he played 30 years ago. I literally and, do not give a shit 
I don't care. It's, I'm not nostalgic for that. If I was, I would do something which is press play on that movie, which I could still do. <laughs> and I, I think the one thing to put, I think um, my guess is the one thing, part of why they pushed the Keaton thing. So far, like even a lot of the trailers got the bat wing in it and, or like the, not the trailer, the poster has got him more. Per, I think some of that was also due to the Ezra Miller, the whole Ezra Miller thing, which, which is a whole when you're, other when you're, topic. Yeah. You know, when your I mean, lead star is in legal trouble and all this stuff, do you really can you really put him out in the front of the movie? So I mean, it's it's a weird situation, but yeah, the I mean, in the DC thing, I just I don't they still haven't gotten there. And Marvel, honestly, since I mean, the other ones you didn't name, Eternals or Black Widow, I mean, most of those are, since Endgame has been completely forgettable. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I had fun with No Way Home, but it wasn't a it was not on the level of hey, Endgame. Hey, you know what, man? They made what thirty or more of these movies already, and and if yeah, I think add, they're on thirty-two. I think, yeah. okay, and it, and then if you add the DC and all the Snyder verse, it's not like this has only been going on for a few years. This has yeah. been like half of our lives. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's and it's okay to move on from it. At some point, can these comic book people? Just have enough of it. And it's like, okay, superheroes is kind of a cool thing, but I'd also like to see a new, you know, adventure movie or a new thriller or a new, or, or if it's a genre type thing, uh, some sort of new story that's being told. Does it have to be Marvel and DC for eternity forever? Like, were these comic books really that great? To begin with, some of them were, and some of them weren't. I mean, There's a million of them. I really think the comic thing is. I don't. I. Uh, I'm sure it will not reach the. I don't think it'll reach the peak of Endgame, or even when the Dark Knight was at that peak, one other big peak, or Dark Knight and Iron Man in the same year, even that kind of peak. I don't know if we're going to see that again, but I think it's. I don't think it's ever going to go away fully. I mean, I think no. these characters are. It's going to be, I hope it's going to be, because I love look. a lot of it, right? It's yeah. just the domination is what is the thing for me. Well, and hopefully they, hopefully they learn to just take a step back every once in a while. I mean, that, I think that would help a lot where like, look at all the built up when star Wars took 10 years off or took 15 years off the first time. I mean, it's it, the built up pen when, when the first, when the prequels came out, they were huge. A lot of it was because of the pent up demand or the, the Force Awakens stuff pent up. Yeah. I mean, taking a break help helps with that stuff. I think, even though you can debate the quality of those films quite and, a bit, but and that was with taking a break internet. would be good. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, you that's think about yeah, that's true. What propels all this stuff? You know, I think we think about the history of film itself, and you're talking about you know, there's been different times when certain genres have dominated, like the, the western. To me, yep. that's the closest um, yeah. comparison to the superhero movies is the Westerns. And trust me, people got fucking sick of those movies. <laughs> they got yep. sick of the TV shows. And But then guess what? Unforgiven came out. or You know what I mean? Like people started yep. making them again. And then you go, oh, okay. It's not the genre itself. It's how it had been thoroughly depleted, exhausted and exploited 
that yep. it's just time to move on and, and kind of not do anything for a while until you can come back and look at it in a new way and you have something of value uh, in the story. Yes. To sh- to something to say people. more than yeah something to say more yeah. than just people fight cgs fighting other cgs yeah that's what i'm saying all these recent marvel movies have no connection to this is really a thriller this is really a horror movie this is really a romance they're just big spectacles of special effects and people acting in front of green screens and it, a lot of time it does look like they're a little bit bored i don't think that uh, Cumberbatch was that engaged in that multiverse movie. No, I it, I don't think so either. That's it was and you know sleepwalking through it. That's actually one of the things that I liked about Guardians. Guardians actually this one actually does have a few things to say. I think. I mean it it talks a lot. A lot of it is about perfectionism and and trying to be perfect and why that's not always a good thing. I mean there it's it's, it's um, like lower stake. I mean high stakes in the movie, but lower stakes things that made it more interesting to me and like genetic things and all this. I think it did have some more things to say than the recent stuff. That's part of the other reason why I liked it more too. But yeah, I totally still see your point because most of it lately has just been fight, 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 talk for five minutes, more fight, more CG, more whatever. Throwback. Yeah. Nostalgia. And a little of that is good, right? Like everybody likes a little of that maybe, or you're, it, it reminds you of the universe that you're in. You know, yeah. But when it when that becomes the story itself, there's really nothing. That's it. It's very hollow because it's yeah. it's completely experiential. I uh, you know how to say it. it's just an experience. Like you have it and it's over. Mm-hmm. So if the fla- if I wa- end up watching the Flash movie, I'm gonna like it because of that story, that conflict. We all know it. His mom dies. He tries to go back in time to change it. Right. Yep. So what's the push and pull there? That could be kind of cool. And I have to admit for all of his fucked up shit that he's done outside <laughs> in the real world, I the only part of the Snyderverse I liked was Ezra Miller. That's that that's what I was just going to when you started talking about it, I was just going to bring it up. The one the reason I do kind of want to see it is I He's been actually pretty damn good in those movies. He's, he's usually the most entertaining actor. thing. Or they, I guess, yeah. is what they they are a great actor. Like yeah. was better on the screen than Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, yep. Gail uh Gaudet, which is not difficult because she is like kind of acts is like cardboard. It, yeah, well, she's there for one reason or yeah. two reasons, maybe. <laughs> I mean, does looks good when do, doing the poses and strong, you know, but yeah, not exactly to me a very compelling actress. And Henry Cavill, who I love in The Witcher and in some of the in Mission Impossible and in that movie with Guy yeah. Ritchie that they're never going to do a sequel to. Oh, yeah. Hammers. Man from Uncle. Man from Uncle. I thought he was fucking awesome in that. Yeah, that's he an was, awesome, underrated movie. I thought he was like the worst Superman ever. Like, I I just felt like he was this. this almost terrible. almost makes you wonder if somebody that was in charge didn't really know what they were doing with their actors. Well, you know, listen, man, Zack Snyder <laughs> is a genius. Um, I'm, I love Zack Snyder. I'm really, I'm actually, I got to admit, I'm really looking forward to his Star Wars movie that he's doing for Netflix. This two part, and they already yep. announced a Snyder cut, dude. Yeah, Before I saw that too. 
before the movie even came out, they announced the Snyder cut. They're like, <laughs> oh, and by the way, he's doing a totally separate adult cut with like 40 more minutes. You know, he just he, can't help himself. <laughs> good for him, man. I When it's like, yep. that, I don't, that's to me, like Zack Snyder is like, poi- it's like, if I think about it, cause he kind of reminds me of like metal bands from the eighties. He oh, like, well, for sure. He thinks he's guns and roses, but he's really poison. <laughs> right. That's, that's a perfect analogy. I love that. And if that's he, funny. And when poison knows that they're poison, they're great. They're fun. Yep. He's a, he, he, he can do those fucking, uh, Pin, uh, needle drops like nobody else and the mute the the stupid the angles and it's like michael bay crossed with i don't know what george romero or something or early like sam raimi he does some weird yeah. shit it's fun but yep. it's nothing like it's not you know it's not high art yeah. it's kind of it's not silly. chris nolan or martin scorsese yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't think that's his aesthetic. He doesn't have the taste. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Like I, I'm a little higher on Zach than you are, but that's you're. Not, you're not wrong on most of it. But, most of the stuff I. Hey. Yeah. But I would. I love Poison. I'm not saying any. You yes. know what I mean? I'm just saying be who but you yeah, are. What, what you're saying is try, trying to be the best band in the world, and then yeah. not realizing you're not, and just go with what you know, or go with what you're really good that's at. Fun. That's a good. Yep. And it looks like yeah. he's having fun with this thing. And you know what? He deserves to have some fun because he's had some shitty things happen to him. So that I'm not gonna true. not gonna trash the guy too much. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I mean, personal. I have nothing to say personally. Yeah, I I I don't yeah. know who he is from anybody. He could he could be yep. delivering my fucking DoorDash. I don't know who Zack Snyder is. I just know <laughs> the movies, the way the mo- yep. way I perceive the films themselves. And, yeah, ha- and talk around it on the interwebs. But seriously, though, I did think that um, uh, Ezra Miller was the best part of the Snyderverse. I thought he was great as the Flash, so twitchy and weird. That's how I always yep. envisioned the Flash. Um, really good comic timing. Yeah, yeah he was funny. Uh, that's the parts I liked. The, the, he made he made everybody better around him. Yep. Uh, and I, I thought Ben Affleck was uh, so, again, terrible casting as Batman. I think he's just does. I, I mean, he's so gloomy. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Like even, uh, I thought he was, I thought he was fine, but I, it wasn't, I don't know. It was nothing, uh, nothing really stuck out about it. I guess no, I can't get into it that much. So anyway, I hope the flash is good and I'm, I'm willing to give, Hey, we do get, in superhero genre, you know, just recently we had Peacemaker, which was great. That was funny as hell. Yep. It was deep. Yep. So I'm not against. And then again, there's other stuff James Gunn has made that I'm not really a big fan of. And, uh, well, I, th- I think James Gunn is one of those guys that he is best when he has a little bit of a leash on him. Like he had, like he has a little bit of a framework that he has to stay like because Peacemaker, which I liked, and I, I am a fan of the Guardians movies, but they also have he kind of has to fit into a certain box there. I think he's better when he's that when he when he some of his stuff where he has free reign to do whatever the hell he wants. I'm not as high on, so I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing with him being in charge of DC, but I could see it working. We'll see. 
Yeah. You you who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows? You uh I just for me I I can I can't get so invested in the superhero stuff because I just do think you know, you've had like 15 years or or of like dominance of the box office and all the money yep. goes to making these and yep. uh in the end I don't think that the creativity is really there you know i think in a lot of places right now it's not but i, th- I still think there's hope like i said the i think the, the last these two of guardians three and uh spider-man i think have some of that creativity back so who knows if that'll maintain itself or if they'll just fall back to the same old same old yeah baby well because um, it's easier do we have anything else uh that i don't that think so talk about Unless, unless you do, I mean, I'm excited. The bear is coming back here this weekend, dropping all episodes at once. On oh, Hulu, so I gotta watch. Very excited show, for the bear. I gotta watch. That it's show. awesome. I did. I only had Hulu for a little bit of time when that was out because I was yep. just had it for Handmaids, and I didn't watch it at that point. But then I wanted to, and I was like, oh, I don't have Hulu anymore. So maybe I'll get a little Hulu uh, um, free trial. Yeah, it's but, it's um, an excellent excellent show. So I'm excited to see that. Otherwise, I don't. I think I've ran through most of my stuff here that I've watched recently. Right. Well, listen, there's Perfect. a show on Max right now called "The Curious Case of Natalia Grace." Uh, I finished it last night with my wife. It is the most disturbing, insane, crazy, sad depressing weird surprising the doc uh true crime documentary series a little long of course like everything else but i'm just i think i mentioned this with heath yesterday but i just want to say we finished it and it is just as crazy to the end and if you want your mind blown watch this thing and maybe you're going to have to go take a walk outside afterwards or take a shower. <laughs> what, what's the name of it again? The curious case of what? Of Natalia Grace. I haven't even heard of this one. It's on Max, huh? Yeah. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. It is. It was originally on ID Network. It's six episodes. It should probably have been four, but it is six episodes. But uh, it is. Let me tell you something, folks. I even feel bad about suggesting this shit because it's going to haunt your dreams. And I'm not even joking. Uh, it's it's really, it's something else. That's all I got, Ando. Go hang okay, out with so the if kids. I, if I need to go take a walk later on, I'll make sure and throw that on because it'll motivate me to go for a walk. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> You'll need to clean Okay, that's, that sounds good. I, I should probably get going, though. <laughs> all right, buddy. You take care. This has been very fun. Yes, it has. We will talk again soon. This was a lot of fun, as always. All right. Peace out, brother. Thanks, everybody, for listening. DVR Podcast Network. Check us out, dvrpodcast.com. Head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash DVR. Had a great time talking to Andy. We'll be back real soon. Peace. Peace.